I'm really blessed to be able to be able to speak tonight. Excited to close out our service. Uh, equipped the armor of God. How many of you guys have been enjoying that service? Uh, that series, I should say. Uh, it's been really powerful. And, you know, growing up in church, I, I was raised in this church. You always hear about the armor of God. You, we do like so many uh, growing up in the teen ministries. We hear all about it. But it was great to uh, get a refresher on it. You know, it's, it's always good to add new perspective, to hear different insights on it. And so I've been really blessed to be able to hear it. If you guys didn't catch any of it, go online to our YouTube account. All the services are there. You can watch um, any of those services and get some more insight. And so our series text is found in Ephesians chapter 6 uh, in verses 14 through 18 where it's talking about the full armor of God, right? So starting off in verse 14, it says, uh, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And so we've been talking about all these things. And so my job today is to close out on the last two uh, things we haven't discussed, which is the sword of the Spirit and the power of prayer. And so if we read there in verse 17 on that second half, it says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Say that with me, Word of God. Word of God. So we realize here that when it refers to the sword of the Spirit, it is ultimately referring to the Word of God. And you know what? You could be a soldier and have all the armor, all the great armor, but you know, if you do not have your sword, your weapon, uh, you're rendered useless. Right? Imagine if they said, you know what, we want you to go to battle, we're going to give you all the armor, but we're not going to give you a weapon. Let's go out there and fight. A lot of you guys would probably say, nope, I'm not going, right? I would say, nope, I'm not going if you guys aren't uh, arming me with my weapon. And the same applies as Christians. You know, we can have all the armor of God, but if we do not have the sword of the Spirit, we are rendered useless. It's very hard to move forward. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And man, so much to just unpack in that scripture alone. First area right there, the word of God is alive and powerful. I mean, you guys know that the word of God is a supernatural thing. There's something supernatural when you are reading the word of God. It goes on to say it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Keep in mind, the word of God is not some butter knife. You know, it's not some play toy. But it's a sharp, sharp weapon. And it goes on to say that it cuts between soul and spirit. I mean, how many of you guys have ever been reading the word of God? And you just feel like, oh, man, it's just, it's just bringing conviction. Right? It's because it's cutting through the, the soul and the spirit between joint and marrow. And it says, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And man, that's tough sometimes when you're reading and you're like, oh man, you want to skip that page? Go on, go on to the next page, right? The beautiful thing about a sword is that a sword is a defensive and offensive weapon. Say that word with me, defensive, defensive. and offensive. 
as a defensive weapon, you can deflect, we can use it to deflect your enemy's attacks. And so if you've ever watched, you know, maybe like a swords movie, um, you know, maybe like a Lord of the Rings or even like a, think of like a Troy or something crazy. You think of uh, all these big sword fights, uh, you notice that a lot of it is uh, a lot of deflection. You hear a lot of the sword, cling, cling, and they're all hitting each other uh, because the sword is a defensive weapon. It allows you to uh, deflect the enemy's attacks. And in the same way, uh, the Bible is a defensive weapon. It allows you to deflect your, the enemy's attacks. And see, church, without your sword, you are defenseless. Without your sword, you are defenseless. Without the Bible, you're defenseless. Cannot defend your home, cannot defend your family, and you ultimately cannot defend yourself. Without the Bible, we are defenseless. And the Bible says in Hosea chapter 4, verses 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And, to, and since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. And you see, what Hosea is referring to is, you know, the, the people of God at that time, I believe, weren't reading the word of God. If you read the scriptures prior to that, it talks about all the lawlessness that's going on there. It talks about murder and, and robbery and all these crazy things that are taking place uh, in Israel at the time. And so... What God's saying here is, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge of my word. They're destroyed for the lack of knowledge of his word. And it goes on to say, you know, that they've forgotten the law of God. And, uh, you know, it says, since you have forgotten the law of God, I also will forget your children. And and I, I find that to be very interesting. That really stood out to me. And, you know, when we forget the word of God, when we put it in the back burner, we think we don't have to read anymore. We think we're above that. We think we've read the Bible, you know, several times, so we're good. You know, it really starts to take effect on people around us. We began to act differently, right? The Bible says they were destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And when we have a lack of knowledge, it affects those around us, our family, our spouse, our children, right? And unfortunately, because the Israelites allowed this uh, lawlessness to take place, they were ultimately destroyed uh, by incoming kingdoms, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Your sword is also an offensive weapon. The Bible is an offensive weapon. You know, uh, as an offensive weapon, you are allowed to then strike your opponent with it, right? Attack your opponent um, and hopefully move on to the next opponent, right? Continue to move forward. And I believe the same thing applies with the Word of God. See, without the sword, without the Word of God, you're going to find it extremely hard to move forward in the things of God. You can't take that offensive step forward because you do not have your offensive weapon, which is the word of God. You know, you can't take what God has for you. It's like God's showing you, like, I want you to go and take these things. I want you to do these things. And you're having trouble doing it because you're not in your word. You don't have your offensive weapon at your side. You know, when I think of, you know, great swordsmen, uh, I can't help but think of uh, in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 23, verse 8. It's called uh, David's Mighty Men. I would encourage you to read it. There's so much good uh, stories, and I, you can just imagine all the things that these uh, men had done. But what it's talking about 
in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 23 about these valiant men who were skilled warriors, killed, skilled swordsmen, skilled with uh, the spear, skilled with the shield. And it goes on to talk about how they conquered all these lands. They went forward and they, they won many, many battles. And they took back what these other countries, um, the land that they had occupied from Israel. And they went forward and they did all these great things. But that was because they were skilled swordsmen. They understood that their sword was an offensive weapon. And for them to move forward, they needed to learn how to use their sword. They needed to understand uh, the importance of their sword. See, church, we have to get in our word. If you're getting attacked today, you know, it just feels like your world's falling apart. I want to encourage you to get in your word. If you can't move forward, you're like, man, God, I'm trying to serve you, and just everything's just pulling me backwards. And I keep trying and trying. I take a step forward, and then I just take two steps backwards. I want to encourage you, get in your word. You have to, have to get in word. You want restoration in your family? You have to get in your word. You want to see salvation in your family? You have to get in your word. See, the word is a very important tool. The sword of the spirit. It's both an offensive and defensive weapon. And so if you want to utilize the sword, you want to utilize the word of God, the first thing we have to do is establish the sword of the spirit as truth. Say that word with me, truth. truth. And so you can imagine how it would feel if, if I said, you know what, we're all going to battle, and I handed you a sword, and you felt it, and it was super dull. You guys ever, probably you guys know what a butter knife feels like, super dull. You try to cut something, you're like, man, this thing doesn't even cut. You know, it's like, you know, you just try, right? Well, you can imagine if we, if we handed you a sword and said, go to battle, and it's very uh, wobbly. You're thinking like, oh my God, is the handle going to fall off when I attack? You know, and I believe the same thing applies with the word of God. If we do not acknowledge the word of God as truth, and we think it's a wobbly thing, and we can kind of like, uh, some parts aren't right, you know, uh, we're going to have a lot of trouble following it. If we do not believe the word of God is truth, you will not have faith in it, and you will not follow it. And just like if I said, go to war with a dull sword that's going to fall apart, you're going to say, nope, I'm not going to do that, right? Say, I'll just uh, defend from back here. But the word of God, we have to establish it as truth. And once we've established it as truth, you know, I believe God's going to allow us to move forward. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, all scripture is inspired by God. There's your answer right there, right? All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Man, that's always a, that's a tough pill to swallow, but so many things in that passage alone. One, all scripture is inspired by God. Yes, men wrote the word of God, but it was ultimately inspired by God. And it is useful to teach us what is true. There's a lot of truth in the word of God. And that last sentence right there, it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. And I think most people, a lot of historians, they acknowledge the word of God as truth, but they don't like the truth that it teaches right? Because it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It makes us realize, like, man, we do have to love our enemy. Like, man, we do got to forgive others. Like, man, we do got to pay our tithes. Like, man, you know, maybe that part was incorrect. Maybe that was just an Old Testament thing, right? We hear that all the time. Oh, that's Old Testament stuff. 
We're in the New Testament. It's very different now, right? We have to establish the sword of the Spirit as truth. And once you've done that, now it's time to learn how to use your sword. You've got to learn how to prepare for battle, how to use it in battle. And we see in, in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 11, uh, the story of Jesus using the sword of the Spirit as a weapon as the devil is trying to tempt him and attack him. And if I could just encourage you, if you're a new believer or if you're just struggling, man, read the words of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's so much good insight, and you can learn so much from Jesus because Jesus did it all, man. He did it right. And uh, yes, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. But I always love to see what Jesus did, right? How did Jesus handle this situation? And so we see here, uh, starting in verse 2, it talks about how Jesus went out and was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Many of us just finished the 21-day uh, fast, and man, you know what it's like to fast if you've ever fasted before, you feel like you're dying, feel like you're not going to make it. You know, it's, it's rough sometimes. Uh, but we see Jesus fasted for 40 days. Man, he must have really, really been struggling here. And it says in verse 3, And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And we see here the devil was trying to tempt his flesh. His flesh was starving. Imagine he was probably all slim, scrawny, really tired, and the flesh was super hungry, right? How many of you guys ever feel like the, the flesh is weak? It's hungry. It wants to do something you're not supposed to. It wants to just say it. You're like, oh, I got to hold my tongue, but the flesh just wants to just let it out, right? The flesh just wants to maybe sock that person right in the face, right? The flesh is weak. And here we see the devil just tempting him, tempting his flesh. But he goes on to say that the man does not live by bread alone. The man does not live by the things of this flesh, right? And it's tough. It's tough. But he understood that and goes on to say that he stands by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's what he was going to live by. No matter what his flesh, his flesh felt, no matter how weak he may have felt in that moment, he was going to live by every word that came from the mouth of God. And you see here, he's using the sword of the Spirit as a defense and as an offensive, right? Blocking the attack and telling him, you know, what he was going to do. And, you know, the devil's going to come and tempt you. The devil's going to tell you you're no good. You shouldn't be here in church. You've made too many mistakes. But we know that the Word of God says that we're forgiven, right? We're forgiven, right? The devil's going to tell you you're too sick. You know, but we got to believe in that healing, right? We got to believe in it. The devil says your family will never get saved, you know. Your, your family's always going to be, you know, out there in the world. But man, the Bible says, you know, asking it shall be given. And we got to stand on that. But too many times the devil says something and we just shut down. And we're just like, oh yeah, just call it, right? We got to stand on the word of the God. We got to stand on the word of God. And see, when we understand how the sword works, how to use it, we've established it as truth, and we have to start training with it. We've got to start reading it, meditating it, meditating on it, working to understand the word. You know, when I think of great swordsmen, I can't help but think of the samurais, the Japanese samurais. If you guys know the samurais, they were some of the best swordsmen of their time. They were like, man, ultimate ninja warriors, right? Just great, great swordsmen. And as I was doing some research uh, on the samurais, I was reading that, 
you know, they start a very rigorous training as early as age five to be great swordsmen. As early as age five. And, you know, I was just thinking about what we do here at the church. You know, we're teaching the kids as early as newborns, right? Teaching them the word of God. We want them to be the most skilled uh, Christians there is. And I, I always appreciate that about this church. I was raised in this church from when I was a, a newborn and always taught the word of God. And it has allowed me to be, uh, you know, a better Christian. And, uh, you know, we're really blessed by that. But see, if we want to be skilled uh, warriors, some of the best of the best, we got to train. We got to train day in and day out. Every morning, every night, every lunch. We got to be training. To learn the Word of God takes a lot of training to understand and memorize the scriptures. I mean, you guys find it tough, right? Sometimes you're, read, you're reading the Word and you're like, man, I have no clue what this is even saying. Stuff doesn't even make sense to me. Like, oh my God, this is way too confusing. Maybe you're reading the, the, genealo- the geology, genealogies, if that's the correct word. When you're reading all the names, you're like, oh man, this. Skip, 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 right? I know we've all been there. You know, but we have to train in the Word of God. We have to read it. We have to meditate on it. You know, and I believe church is the best place to learn and to uh, understand the Scriptures. Let me applaud you. You guys made a good decision today by coming. You guys are taking the first steps, which is training, right? And taking time to learn and understand uh, the Scriptures. You know, and so church is definitely a great place to do that. But you want to take that next step and be an excellent swordsman. Be, you know, know your word, memorize it. You have to sign up for a Bible study. Bible study is super, super key. Yes, all right, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for Bible studies. Thank you, Jesus, to all of our Bible study leaders uh, who put that together weekly. Uh, If you guys do not know, we have Relate Groups, which are our weekly Bible studies. And I would encourage you to get involved in one of those. It is there that you're going to discuss the Word of God, right? Just like the Samurais, they would come and they would uh, spar. They would practice fighting one another, practicing their sword skills. That's what you're going to do in Bible study. You're going to read the Word, maybe debate the Word. Like, well, this is what the Scripture means, and this is what the Scripture means, and this is my perspective on the Scripture. And and it's so encouraging, right? And it's just going to give you different perspective, different insight. And it's ultimately going to make you a better swordsman. You see, church, the people who were untrained swordsmen, they lost everything. They lost the battle. They lost their homes. They lost so many things because they were not able to defend themselves. The untrained swordsmen, they lost everything. But it was the people who knew how to use their sword that were very prosperous. They would go forward, they would conquer new lands, take on new things. If people tried to come against them, they were able to defend themselves. Same applies in the Word of God. The people who, you know, are not knowing the Word of God, who are not reading the Word of God, they're going to have some serious struggles ahead. And I know, I know personally when I'm not reading the Word of God like I should be, life just tends to fall apart. I'd I be a little bit more, I'm, I'm, I'm more uh, biting, I'm more like, Attacking more, you know? I'm sure we all know that feeling, right? We're just letting it out when we shouldn't be. But when I'm in the Word, you know, I find myself to be very prosperous, very blessed. I feel like life is just going a lot smoother. It's not perfect, but I have the peace of God. And everything just kind of falls into place. Glory to God. But the Word of God is so, so important. 
You want to be prosperous? You want to be blessed? You have to read the Word of God. You need to get involved in a Bible study. Uh, you need to take it to the next level. We always got to be bettering ourselves. Parents, I want to challenge you. If you want your children to be blessed, you need to know the Word of God. Say that again. Parents, if you want your children to be blessed, you need to know the Word of God. I cannot emphasize that enough. Parents, if you want your children to be blessed, you need to know the Word of God. You know, there's so many different worldviews, perspectives, uh, all these new things that are coming out, you know, that are against the Word of God. And if you're not careful, your children will start to sway in that direction. Even in these new child television shows, there's like all sorts of crazy things in there. And you have to be very, very careful. Um, and you have to know the Word of God and know what is truth. You have to know that. Yes, amen. I think of when, when I was in college, um, you know, I was blessed to come to the school here. I was blessed to have two God-fearing parents who raised me up in the things of God. Yes, amen. I love my parents. And, and you know, I was always trained the Word, um, and I was blessed to come to school here. Uh, you know, but when I went to college and I started, you know, getting a job, uh, you know, I was hearing so many different perspectives, so many different worldviews. In college, they taught us all sorts of crazy stuff. And uh, classes, they think, like, what was that even necessary? But I'm like, whatever, right? Um, and I was, able to, 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 I was able to counter all these things with the Word of God. But I was also able to counter them because my parents instilled in me the Word of God. And there was times I would ask questions. I would ask my dad, like, hey, what do you think of this? My professor was saying this. And he would give me insight on a biblical perspective, a biblical worldview. And then he would line me back up. I start to stray away like, man, I'm a little confused about this. This is a little bit of a gray area. And he would line me back up. And I'd be back on track again. But see, my parents understood the importance of knowing the Word of God. Very, very important. Parents, if you want your children to be blessed, you need to know the Word of God. See, the Word of God gives us perspective. The Word of God tells us how we are to act, who we are supposed to be. The sword of the Spirit is a powerful weapon. And we have to acknowledge it as truth. Absolute truth. We have to put our full faith in it. We can't go halfsies. We can't say, I'm only following the New Testament, not the Old Testament, right? We've got to be all in on this. We have to learn how to use it. Understand how to wield the weapon. And we've got to start training with it. Start training with it this week. I want to encourage you, get involved in a Bible study this week. I want to hear testimonies from people who do Bible study and say, man, our house is packed out. Too many people showed up. We had to go to the backyard. You know, let this year be different. Maybe this, this past year, you know, yes, amen. Maybe this past year things didn't pan out the way you wanted them to. You look back and you felt like, man, what a wasted year, you know. Let this year not be wasted. Let's make commitments, you know, to be different this year, to read the Word of God get involved in a Bible study, to take our studying to another level, to commit to reading a chapter a day, not just a verse of the day, right? Maybe you get the notification verse of the day and you just skip it, right? But let's commit, you know, to making this year different. We hear this all the time, but the battle starts in the mind, church. What you fill yourself with is what will come out. What you fill yourself with is what will come out. If you're filling yourself with the things of the world, secularism, you know, crazy music, crazy movies, 
You're hanging out with people you shouldn't be, man, that stuff's just going to come right out of you. But if you are just filling yourself with the Word of God every day, just reading, just reading, just reading, man, the Word of God's just going to flow through you. And I'm sure we know people like that. Like, you go to church, and you're like, man, the Word of God just flows through that person. Like, anytime they're talking, they have a scripture reference point, and they have just so much godly insight, you know, and I want to be that person. You know, I want to be that person that the Word of God just flows through. Anyone asks me a question, I could just refer to the Word of God. The Word of God is very important. And what you fill yourself with is what will come out. The next thing I want to talk about is the importance of prayer. Say that word with me, prayer. prayer. See, when we read our, our scripture, our series of scripture found in Ephesians chapter 16, when it talks about the full armor of God, I find it really interesting that it ends that passage saying, uh, starting in verse 18, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayer for all believers everywhere. You know, because I believe prayer is the glue that's going to hold everything together. You may have the full armor of God on you, but if you are not praying, you're not going to have the strength to hold it up. You're going to be like, man, I can't pick up the helmet of salvation. It's too heavy. You know, life is just killing me. Well, let me tell you, if you pray, you're going to find the helmet of salvation standing up. You're going to find yourself going forward. Like, man, I'm struggling in my faith. I can't hold up the shield of faith. I can't go on anymore. But when you're praying, you're able to hold up that shield of faith. No matter what attacks come your way. No matter what, you know, what the enemy throws at you. You know, you're able to take the shield of faith and continue to move forward. we got to have prayer. We can have all the best weapons and all the great armor. But without prayer, we will have no strength to wield these things. Without prayer, we'll have no strength to will these things. See, church, communication with God is key to winning the battle. Communication with God is key to winning the battle. Prayer gives us strength. Prayer gives us authority. Prayer gives us peace of mind. Gives us direction, correction, comfort, understanding, and so much more. Prayer is so, so important. And a prayerless people are a powerless people. Prayerless people are powerless people, man. And again, we all know firsthand, I know firsthand, when I'm not praying, I'm just having trouble moving forward. I'm having trouble in my day-to-day. I'm having trouble waking up for work. I'm not praying like I should. I know it. I'm like, man, I'm not praying. I, I got to get back into it. I got to get back into praying we see in Matthew 17, uh, verse 21, we see uh, some of the disciples trying to cast out an evil spirit, and they're having trouble. And they ask Jesus, Jesus, why couldn't we do these things? And he goes on to say in verse 21, uh, but an evil spirit of this kind is only driven out by prayer and fasting. See, church, there's some things that we're not going to be able to fix without prayer. There are some people we're not going to be able to save without prayer. Some people you're not going to be able to change without prayer. It's something only God can do. And we got to learn to leave it in God's hands. Take the battlefield to prayer. Pray, pray, pray. You know, I think of, of my son. Uh, I have a four-year-old. You may see him running around here. He's crazy. But, you know, one of the things in our house we always try to do is we keep the door shut, right, to uh, the restroom, the different bedrooms, because we don't want our other kids running into the rooms. 
And so uh, sometimes he has a little trouble opening the doors. He has trouble spinning the knob and pushing forward all uh, at the same time. You know, and I believe when we are lacking in prayer, we have trouble opening those doors. We have trouble, you know. And it's not that hard, you know. But we're just lacking in prayer. And what happens is my son gets really defeated. He gets very frustrated. Sometimes he even hits the door. I'm like, what are you doing over there? And uh, he sometimes he yells for us, like, Dad, I can't open the door. And, uh, but the same applies to the people of God. We're just hitting the door. Open, open. And we're just not praying. We're getting frustrated. We're yelling at people. Why won't this door open? You know, it's because we're lacking in prayer. Lacking in prayer. A prayerless people are a powerless people, church. Martin Luther said to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Prayer is so crucial. You know, we're not going to win the battle if we're not praying. We're not going to win the battle. In 1 Thessalonians verses 5 through 16, uh, the Bible says, Pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. Very simple. Pray without stopping. Pray always, some versions say. Always pray, right? We've got to pray about everything. Talk to God. That does not mean we have to be talking to God out loud. God, I want to, you know. But we can talk to God in our mind all the time. Always, always be talking to God. We can pray before our test, right? If you're in school, you're in college, pray before your test. Super important. I'm blessed. I was able to get my bachelor's degree. It was very tough. And let me tell you, I'm not the smartest person, but I always prayed before every test. Always. And those tests were timed. So he was like, all right, guys, you got 30 minutes. And I took my 30 seconds to pray before I started that test. Because I understood the importance of it. I knew that God was going to have to take control of this, you know. So like I said, I'm not the smartest person. Pray before your job interviews. Pray, God, give me strength, give me wisdom, give me the words to speak. It's a good one right here. Pray before you have a serious conversation. Man, pray before you have a serious conversation. I can't emphasize that enough. You know, we've all been there where we don't pray before this serious conversation, and we just let it rip. Then the other person just lets it rip. Before you know it, you're both all puffed up, ready to go, and you just thought, like, man, why did I even have the conversation? What a waste. Pray before you have a serious conversation. There's conversations I've had where, you know, I have to ask for forgiveness. Maybe I have to rebuke someone. Maybe I just have to have a hash it out, let them know, hey, you offended me, right? We've all had those conversations. But what I found is when I pray about them, things just go so seamless. God is just at the center of the conversation. If you guys have had that conversation, you guys know what I'm talking about. The person just takes it. We both take it. We have a mutual agreement, and we just, you know, love each other and move forward. Pray, pray, pray before you have a serious conversation. You need to talk to your spouse about something serious? Pray. You need to scold your child? Pray about it. God, give me the words to speak. Holy Spirit, come. I welcome you now. You know, just flood the atmosphere, right? Sing that song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And cry out to God. Pray before you have a serious conversation. You know, we got to pray, you know, pray for anything. You know, I just think recently we were blessed to be able to get couches. And before we went into that store, me and my wife, we were in the car and we prayed. God, we prayed for God's favor. We prayed for God's wisdom. And we were blessed to walk away with couches. 
And, uh, you know, we don't take prayer lightly. We pray about everything. Uh, we pray, we pray, we pray. And be specific, man. We were, we were blessed recently, too, to move to a new apartment. And we prayed for five key things that it was going to have. Um, and all those things were answered. We prayed for uh, a certain rent amount. We prayed for a close parking. We prayed for a two-bedroom. We prayed for uh, and a washer and dryer, four things. And we prayed for those four specific things. And we looked and we looked and we looked. And we could never find anything with all four of those categories. And we were blessed a couple months ago to find a place with all four of those categories. Yes, thank you, Jesus. But, but we prayed about it. We talked to God about it. And it took time. It was frustrating. And I would call certain places and get frustrated, but I didn't stop. You got to pray about everything. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. God's just telling you to ask. I would encourage you, ask, ask, ask. You know, when we are praying, we are choosing to put our trust in God. We're choosing to put our trust in God. You know, and I think sometimes maybe we don't like to pray because we don't like the answer we're going to get. It's like, God, I'm just praying for a new car. And you hear the still small voice say, like, you can't afford a new car. And you're like, oh, man. God, I'm praying for this. No, it's not my timing. God, I, you know what? I really need to share with this brother this. You know, he did me wrong. I need to share this sister, this information. God's like, no, I'll take care of it. And like, oh, but God, I just, you know, I got some scriptures I'm going to show them and show them, how, show them how they were incorrect about this. They went about it wrong. God's like, no, 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 I'll take care of it. We've got to listen too. We've got to ask, don't get me wrong, pray, talk to God, take a minute to listen. And trust me, you'll hear that still small voice. I hear it, I hear it, and I'm like, oh, man, okay. I know what direction I got to do. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Man, that is tough. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. To those people who are know-it-alls, right? If you know you're a know-it-all, you know, right? I think I consider myself a know-it-all. I think I know all the answers all the time. My wife tells me, like, no, you don't know all the answers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to lean not on our own understanding. It's hard to trust in God. But we have to do it, right? You know, and I think one of the biggest, the hard things, too, is that uh, we're so distracted, right, when it comes to prayer. We have to, we have to put away all distractions. You know, the biggest distraction right here, phones, right? You know, as I, was, as I was preparing this message, God was challenging me, like, you need to pray. And I'm like, all right, God, like, I'm going to pray. And so I pulled out my phone, I put on some worship music, and I'm like, man, I'm praying, I'm praying. And then, like, I got a notification. I'm like, oh, my gosh, and let me see what's going on, right? And, and God, God showed me in that moment, like, just put your phone completely away. You know, and I'm not saying don't listen to worship. Yes, worship's great. It, it helps establish the presence of God. But, you know, if you can't maintain yourself, just put it completely away and just talk to God. We got to find time. We got to stay focused and not allow our mind to wonder. We got to just stay focused on prayer. See, the devil does not want you to pray. The devil wants you to lean on your own understanding. 
Because when you lean on your own understanding, man, you make some big mistakes. You make some purchases you should not have made. You say some things you should not have said. You do some things you should not have done. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in God and pray. Pray, pray, pray. And again, we look back to Jesus. What did Jesus do? Well, Jesus believed in the power of prayer. And we see in several different occasions, Jesus ran off to go and pray. Several different scriptures you'll see in the Bible, he went off to go pray. The Bible says in Mark 1.35 that he went off and departed and went to a desolate place. And there he prayed. He didn't say, hey guys, let's all gather around and pray. No, he understood that. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm going to go off to a different area. Now I'm just going to talk to God one-on-one. One-on-one. Jesus understood the importance of prayer. We have to make time to pray. pray. Pray when you wake up. Pray when you go to bed. Pray before you go to work, before you go to school. We have to, have to, have to make time to pray. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. We got to find that time, find that place to pray. Church, prayer is powerful. We have to understand the importance of prayer. Understand the importance of prayer. We got to learn to trust in God. Lean not on our own understanding. Even when we don't want to talk to God and let him know what we're dealing with, we have to pray about it. Take it before God. And we have to make time to pray. We have to. We're all busy, you know, but we all make time to, you know, slip a quick look at our phone, look at the notifications, like, oh, man, I got this text. I got this email. I think I won a prize, right? Like, oh, man. Get that all the time, right? Did I win something? Is this spam? You know, what is this, right? We always take a minute to look at that stuff. But take a minute to pray, like, man, talk to God in your head. Talk to him. Talk out loud, man. When I'm, in, when I'm in the car, sometimes I'm talking to God. Sometimes I'm crying to God. You got to talk to God. Uh, you know, if our worship team could just come up, you know, I just want to challenge you today uh, to put on the full armor of God. This sermon series, Equipped, and we talked about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, and the power of prayer. I want to challenge you, man. Let's make this year different. Let's be committed to wearing the full armor of God every day, every hour, every minute, every second. Let's strive to equip ourselves with the full armor of God. And it's going to be tough. We're going to fail sometimes. No, but we have to, have to put on the full armor of God we got to pick up the sword of the Spirit. Equip ourselves with the sword of the Spirit. Arm yourself. Read it. Meditate on it. Establish it as truth in your life. Train with it. Go to a Bible study. And learn and understand the Word of God. Teach your children the Word of God. Let this year be different. And maybe you look last year and say, like, man, I, I did not read the Word of God like I should have, you know. I look back and maybe I read maybe one book, maybe read one chapter, you know, but hey, this year, you know, I want to challenge myself to read maybe the whole New Testament, the whole Old Testament. Let this year be different. Still time. Still time. We're just entering February. You know, make that commitment today to pick up the sword. 
and recognize the importance of prayer. Prayer is super important, church. You're going to have trouble going forward as a Christian if you are not praying. We have to trust in God and ask Him about everything, even the things you probably already know the answer to. Just talk to Him. You ask Him and then you listen. Take a minute, take a breath, and listen to what He's saying. And I guarantee you, you'll get an answer. And if you don't get an answer, that does not mean the answer is to move forward. Maybe that means to wait. Your strength is going to come from prayer, church. Remember, your success in battle is determined by how well you can wield the sword and how much you can pray. Your success this year is determined by how well you can wield the sword and how much you can pray. Your success amongst your family is going to be determined by how well you can wield the sword and how much you can pray. Your healing, your breakthrough, you getting to that next level as a Christian is going to be determined by how much you can read and how much you can pray. Let's make that commitment and let's make this year different. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Close in prayer.